Well, thank you, praise team, for leading us into the presence of the Lord in song. Uh, today, uh, we are going to be doing parent-child church dedication. It's one of my favorite uh, times when we can uh, have families come up and commit themselves, and we as a church commit ourselves to uh, blessing these families and helping them to raise uh, children to know uh, Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm Pastor Hank. Uh, Pastor Brian is on a uh, short uh, vacation, and he should be back uh, next week, and uh, we look forward to, to him being back. Um, so we uh, will be talking today um, about parents bringing their children and dedicating them to the Lord, and then we as a church committing ourselves to helping them raise their children. We're committing to these families that we will be the church family that will support and help them in raising their children and, and encouraging them in their Christian walk. Uh, it's not uh, always something that we think about is uh, our roles or our responsibilities uh, as the church. And so we're going to talk some about that. But I want to start with uh, Luke chapter 2. And if you have your Bibles, if you would turn to Luke chapter 2. Uh, beginning in verse 22. And uh, we have an example here of a family who had been uh, assigned a huge responsibility, and that's uh, the parents of Jesus Christ, who have the responsibility of raising God's Son uh, to become uh, our Savior and Lord. And so uh, let me just read from the ESV. And when the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all the people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what, he was, uh, at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years and when, from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping, with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak to him 
to all of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. So what we see first of all here is we see the parents uh, of Jesus and uh, they bring uh, Jesus in uh, as was the custom. Uh, the first child that was born was to be brought uh, to the Lord and dedicated to him. And the concept there, the idea there is he's dedicated to be a follower of God, to be committed to serving and, and worshiping God uh, for his life. It wasn't just a, a, a ritualistic thing, although many people had made it that. It was a commitment. It was a, it was a heart commitment to have baby Jesus be a follower of God. And of course, we know uh, that uh, he is the son of God, and uh, it would have been pretty horrible on the, on the parents' part to uh, uh, not have brought him in. But uh, it, they are committed here to making sure that he is raised in a way that he understands what the Bible, that what we now call the Bible, what the Word of God taught, so that these children, these people, would grow up knowing God and have a personal relationship with God. And so they're committing themselves to that, and they're deciding that uh, they will make sure that uh, they are being parents who uh, are recognizing their call as parents, but also the commitment. You know, it's one of those things where when we do these, uh, I often think about, okay, we have the parents come up and we make this commitment to raise them to uh, know about Jesus Christ. But it takes a lot more than just standing up in front of the church. It really takes them being totally committed to serving and following and worshiping God and then teaching their children to do the same. And it's an important aspect of our uh, commitment to God to, to make sure that we're helping them to do that. So uh, when they are called to come and to do this, uh, Joseph and Mary have to travel over to Jerusalem. They go there and they bring uh, baby Jesus there uh, to uh, be dedicated. Um, so today we bring children here for that very same purpose. Our, our purpose of, of having a commitment is so that parents understand that I have a commitment or an obligation to raise my children to the best of my ability to uh, have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, one of the ways that we can do that is to uh, make sure that we're training the children, that we're teaching them in every opportunity. You know, uh, I'm reminded what the Bible says in Proverbs 22, 6. Uh, my wife and I often would talk about this when our, our children were young. We, would, we had this uh, verse memorized and we would often uh, talk about it, is that we felt that that was uh, a commitment that we really wanted to adhere to. And that, uh, that is this, and this is from the ESV. Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. And you get, the, you get the image there is from the time they're very little uh, all the way up until the point when they leave your home. You're training, you're teaching them. Uh, I like how the NIV says it as well. Start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn, of, turn from it. And so the, the idea, the concept here is that you want the children to be able to hear 
about Jesus, to be introduced to him, to, to uh, learn everything there is to know about him. And we have really a fairly short period of time to be able to accomplish that. You know, I had a conversation uh, yesterday with, with somebody that uh, we, were, we were talking about how quickly it seems like children go, grow, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, they're growing up. And I was uh, teasing Olivia this morning when before the service. Uh, uh, I remember uh, her uh, being in the hospital right after she was born and visiting Kathy. And then we had to go to Marquette General because she, uh, what did you say? You were a troublemaker even back then? Yeah, high maintenance back then. So, <laughs> and, uh, and so we had a chuckle about that. But, but the idea there is, you know, from a very early age, uh, these children have to be taught because all of a sudden they're grown and they're going on to become seniors in high school and it's a change in, in our lives and we don't have them as long sometimes as maybe we think we will to be able to have that impact and that influence on them and sometimes it can be even a shorter period than that. And so, you know, we need to make sure that we're diligently doing the things that the scripture tells us. In Deuteronomy, it gives this uh, image uh, for parents. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house. Catch the image of each of these as, as I hit them. As you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. I'm sorry, I got behind on those. Um, When you, uh, I'm sorry, when you lie down and when you rise. So can you, can you kind of picture that as you're with your children, right? You're, you're uh, sitting at home and you're not doing a whole lot of other things and all of a sudden you just start to talk to your children about Jesus. Or you're walking along a path someplace or you're climbing up Mount Marquette or you're going someplace uh, and you're talking about God's creation and all of the things. And maybe there's a, a beautiful sunrise or a beautiful sunset, and you, you see those things and you understand, and you're telling your children about those, and you're helping them to get an understanding of, about how awesome and amazing God really is. And really the concept there is every opportunity, every chance that you have to mention something about God, take advantage of that. And it, honestly, I, I, was, I was kidding about the age, but you know, the reality is, is that even when our children are grown, we do still have opportunities to speak to them about some of these things. We don't always have to, uh, to do it when they're just little children. We can do it when they're adults as well. But our greatest influence is when they're small children because they're really more receptive to hearing some things. They don't have as many things from the world that are distracting and pulling them away. Well, one of the things that I also believe is and that's that the church needs to really make sure that we are uh, doing our part. Um, I started with the two people who were in the temple for a reason. Can you imagine Joseph and Mary, the mothers and father, mother and father of Jesus, bringing him in there, and they're presenting, and all of a sudden, up comes this man who says he is full of the Holy Spirit, and he's telling them about who Jesus really is. 
Now, Mary and Joseph had, 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 had an interaction with an angel, and, and so they knew that this was the Son of God, but they didn't uh, probably fully comprehend all that was involved. And so Simeon comes along, and he's there, and he tells them, he talks to them about who their son Jesus is. And he tells them the things that are going to be happening in his life. And I really always love that portion of Scripture because it kind of gives us an image of what we can be doing here in the church. And the same thing uh, as uh, he finishes up, and and I don't know how much time uh, passes in between here, but uh, the prophetess Anna comes up, and she affirms also, and she was a woman that probably many of those people there would have known because she lived basically there at the temple, served there, did all kinds of things, and she comes up and starts to talk to them as well. And you can imagine how impactful that would have been in terms of having people who were so committed to being a part of that place come up and start to affirm who their son Jesus really is. And so I think about the church and kind of what, what should we be doing? How should we be handling some of these things? And so in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, I read this. And let us consider how to stir one another up, I'm sorry, stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of son, but encouraging one another, and all the more as we see the day drawing near. So you, you kind of get the, the idea here. First of all, we're to meet together, uh, and we are to encourage one another. Encourage one another to do what? To grow in our faith, right? When we meet together as we are here this morning, hopefully as we read the scriptures and we talk to one another and we learn more and more about Jesus, the more we can encourage one another in our spiritual walks. And especially as we have these parents who are going to be coming up with their children and these families coming up in a little while and they need to be encouraged in their walk with Jesus and in their teaching and, and, and sharing uh, how their children should be raised. And so we encourage one another. One of the most important uh, things that we can do, I think, as a church, and that's to support and encourage parents as they're raising children. I'm so grateful that we have a, a wonderful uh, children's ministry here at Bethel led by Becky Nelson, and she makes sure that you know, the children are getting fed good words, and she, she has many people who come alongside and help her and encourage her uh, in that ministry. And then we have Chris, who, who does our youth ministry, and uh, he, he does such a, a wonderful job of connecting the youth and, con- and helping them uh, to, to grow in their faith as well. And so that's the church coming together and encouraging and blessing one another and helping us to raise these children uh, in their spiritual walk. Now that might seem like something, well, yeah, I know the church should do that. Not all churches do, sadly. And we need to make sure that we're constantly alert to that and we're taking every opportunity to be working with and encouraging parents to uh, be moving in in that direction. Uh, One last piece of scripture I'd like to read is found in Titus chapter 2. And this talks about how we should or what we should be teaching. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. In other words, we're to teach the Bible 
in a way that people understand it and can apply it and use it in their daily lives and, 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 and talk to other people about it. Uh, older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind, and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned, so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing to say, nothing evil to say about us. So you see the idea here is that as we as the church meet together, we're to make sure that we have the, sound, or the, the solid doctrine that we're teaching, that we're making sure that we're just using the word of God. We're not just speaking and teaching things that are from the world, but rather we're teaching the word of God. Uh, then older men are to be an example for younger. Uh, we have a number of older men here in this church who uh, step up and do ministry things and working with children and, and uh, working uh, in, in our Awana program and different programs that children can see these older men behaving and acting in a way that demonstrates they love Jesus and they love the children. And that's really what a large part of our ministry is all about. And sometimes, you know, as we get older uh, and a lot less hair and gray, uh, we have to be reminded that we can still have ministry. That's what this is talking about. Older men set an example how to live as a Christian. Be a model for these children and these young families as they're raising their children. Older women are to also set an example for younger women. We have so many wonderful older women here in this church, women who uh, love the Lord and love families and love children, and they step up and they're constantly doing ministry. Many of our ministries, like the children's ministry and others, would not exist if it wasn't for some of the older women stepping up and, and coming alongside and helping to minister to these children. That's the church being committed to serving. And then younger men... Younger men need to be a model for the children, right? They, they've watched the older men and learned from them, and then the younger men need to be a model of love and grace and purity and, and, and teaching their children and, and giving them a model, an example for them to follow. And that's true of younger women as well. We have many young families here who are committed to being here on a regular basis, to being involved with ministry, to making sure that they are doing what I read earlier, and that's the, the teaching of their children and making sure that they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. We have no greater responsibility in this world than to train up children in the way that they should go so that when they are old, they will not depart from it, but instead will be committed to following Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. So I want to encourage all of you today 
to make sure that you are being that model and example for the young families that are going to be coming up. And I'd ask you if you would all come up right now uh, to the front.